Heron for AM 1290. I'm Guy Rivera, your guy in the mortgage industry. It's time to pay attention. Come on, people. Think about it. Welcome to Mortgage Matters. Mortgage industry is not rocket science. Your guide to the information you can use to choose the best answers to your real estate financing questions. If that loan agent tells you that, get up and run away. Now, here's your host on State and Islay. Your guy in the mortgage industry, Guy Rivera. Okay, thank you for tuning in. This is Guy Rivera, and you're listening to Mortgage Matters. I'm Guy Rivera, your guy in the mortgage industry, and I'm excited about today's show. I've got a great host on here. He is the man about town. Everybody knows him, high-profile attorney. He's the go-to guy when you have a problem. And, uh, well, just when you have problems. We're going to bring him in in a bit, and I'm talking... uh, talking about the great John Tyne is in. Say hello, John. Hey, everybody. How you doing today? John, thanks for joining. And you know how this works because you've been here before. So first, I've got to do my um, licensing disclosures because that's what we're required to do. Our uh, NMLS number is 1850. My BRE number is 01220. 403. I bet you did. Did you know I was a licensed real estate agent? I did not know that. Yeah. So I'm probably one of the only lenders in Santa Barbara that maintain their real estate license. And I do it for a reason, and I'll get into that. You know, usually when I do these shows, um, I start off with our, you know, a little bit about the market. I'm going to cut that down. I'm going to do just a little bit. A little of a little bit of the market because I want to get to John Tyne. We're discussing today, we're going to be discussing um, landlord tenant laws, we're going to be discussing rent uh, control, everything that he is very well versed and informed on. And I think it's you know, it's important. So go get your cup of coffee, do what you do. I've got some great listeners that have been reaching out to me over the email in the past couple of weeks. It's it's actually Quite humbling. And um, a shout out to my uh, Bonnie Mead gal who sent me an email who absolutely loves my show. And about two weeks ago, I was talking about my YouTube video I made last year of my um, my stuffing. My It's Thanksgiving, my favorite, favorite holiday. So I, I, did, I do the stuffing, have done it for, you know, every year for the family. And uh, I learned this uh, recipe 35 years ago when I was in the restaurant business. So I still make it to this day. It's the king of stuffings. And thank you for reaching out. And she asked me for my recipe once. (laughs) So that was was pretty cool. But let's get right into the market. And then we're going to get right into John Tyne. Mortgage bonds are trading right uh, trading right where they have for the past couple of days near unchanged. From technical standpoint, this churning sideways action is usually followed by volatility and a breakout one way or the other. What that means is, you know, the the market's just not doing anything. It's moving in um, it's moving in uh, really small increments up and down. When the bonds trade sideways, when that 10-year is just staying flat where it's at. If you can remember, about three weeks ago, the, the 10-year was at 169 1.65, and and the the interest rates were about 
a quarter lower than they were than they are today. So my prediction here is um, in the next week or two, if we don't see some solidification of uh, that the China deal or if we see some geopolitical um, mayhem, you know, rates are going to go one way or another. If we see uh, if we see a solid China tariff trade deal, rates are going to go up. That's just the way it is. If we see uncertainty, then, then money's going to jump out of that stock market, jump right into the bond market. And those of you who are just starting the process of a refinance or jumping into a purchase right now, you're going to reap the benefits or you're going to reap the sorrows. You can look at it and you should look at it both ways. Talk to your, talk to your um, mortgage advisor, find out you know, how, how closely they follow the market. What kind of advice they give you? Because that's going to be important to you. Any either way, we're going to see an, a quarter move. I predict in the next, you know, ten days, um, because stocks have been on a tear thanks to the less uncertain U.S.-China situation. Like I just said, the good news keeps coming. It just keeps coming. How uh, October housing starts rose four percent from September to an annual rate of one point three one four million units above the 1.3 million expected while September was revised higher. That's pretty good news. Housing starts, you know, that that's real. Single family starts rose for the fifth straight month. Building permits, a sign of future construction, jumped 5%. Not in this area. Not in this area. But but they have and this is an uh, this is on a national basis. Um Above the estimates, while September was also revised higher, like the report, and this continued growth in single-family starts is a great sign. Uh, with low rates and strong job markets, the foreseeable future, expect Goldilocks economy. Uh, Fannie Mae reported yesterday that housing should continue to function as a positive contributor to economic growth at least through the first half of 2020 in its November Economic and Housing Outlook. Now, that's pretty interesting. When Jamie Dimon was on being interviewed, and he says that this is the best economy we have had ever, and that I think he threw out, we're going to keep going this way for 100 years. Well, that we can't believe, but he did throw out it was it was going to be a long time. Uh, that this thing is uh, is going to keep going. We, sh- uh, you know, I agree with that. Jobs buy homes, not rates. So it's truly incredible to have both tight labor market, historically low rates, driving the housing market. So if th- just, I mean, that phrase alone, jobs, jobs buy homes, not rates. Rates are a factor into that, obviously. But it's if somebody's working, they're making good money, they're saving, they want to get a better life for themselves, they're going to go out and they're going to buy a house. You know the old saying, you want to make more money, go lease a car? You remember that saying, right. John? Yeah, yeah, but now it's, you know, people, it, it's, it's pretty incredible. Um, but you want to know what's really remarkable is how the recession fears an inverted yield curve garbage have dis, uh, uh, that's all been dismissed. Remember two months ago, everybody was talking about inverted right. yield curve, you know, recession this, recession that. That's gone. Who's been talking about that? 
there's very few that I have heard has been talking about that. The you know the recession. Uh, people get on you know both CNN, MSNBC, which I'm a big fan of. Um, Fox News. There, there are you know there's one out of ten people that will get on there and swear to God that we're you know we're headed for a recession, probably the biggest recession. And all signs do not point to that. I don't think it's going to happen, if, um, but a national recession has less of an impact in Santa Barbara's market anyway. I think we are much more impacted by our local, secular, psych- uh, you know, um, uh, the cycle that we see in Santa Barbara. If you go back over 60 years of real estate in Santa Barbara, you can see very clearly de- defined parabolas where we have about a 12 to 14 year cycle here where prices go up for about six to eight years and then prices come down for about 10 to 12 years and then they go up. And that's on a tilted axis of about 6%. So Mm -hmm. we see that the highest highs, which we last saw in about 2006, are generally about 6% lower than the highest highs we see during the next cycle. And the next cycle we think is kind of upon us, right? We're sort of at the top right now. That's the conventional wisdom locally. That so, sort of so we're going to plateau at this level for a while, and then you're saying we'll probably go down four percent, maybe. Well, I mean, but, but well, we've been gaining for year after year. Yeah, we've been gaining for a long time now, but that is historically what we see, right? We see uh, in 2008, of course, the whole world melted down with the credit markets internationally, and we went on this m- steep decline that really bottomed out about 2012, right? We had a, a drop from about 2006 down to 2012. And since 2012, we've sort of been coming back and we've been raising, raising, raising here in Santa Barbara and and the surrounding areas. Uh, We've had a few natural disasters and whatnot that have slightly impacted the market. But the broader effect, I think, is this cyclical nature of Santa Barbara's real estate. And we are sort of conventionally wisdom. We're saying we're at the top again. And if you look at the numbers, it's pretty consistent, right? We're, We're seeing properties trading today that traded in 2006 at about 6% less than where they currently are. So we do think that the baseball has sort of lost momentum and we are going to see a decline in the in the coming years and probably a sustained decline that will go for five to seven years. On a But on a smaller percentage decline than what we've accelerated. Because, I mean, we're going to pla- – we're, we're plateauing out. Mm-hmm. We'll see the decline, but it's not going to be as substantial as our increase. Is that uh, how I understand it? Or well, I mean, we, are we going to go back to those – We tend to see market pullback in an election year anyway, right? So 2020 is an election year. We anticipate prices may soften as a result of that in the real estate market locally. But the broader context is that we're going to be on – a correction path. I think we have to take Yeah. So we're going to get more into that as soon as we come back. Richard Sonos, we're going to have to take a quick commercial break. Before we do that, a couple of shout outs to my um, sponsors, American Riviera Bank. They've been real good to me, pay me millions of dollars to do this show. Tim Trembley, he pays me a million dollars to do mm-hmm. this show. I wish. But those guys uh, do take care of me, um, and they're both really great referral sources, and uh, they're great partners to have. Um, and, of course, to our, our guest, John Tyne, I know you're a busy guy, and I really want to thank you for coming and making the time. 
This is going to be a great show because we're going to be getting into detail um, what people are only hearing bits and pieces of. And it's going to come right from John Tyne, who is very closely active with all of these things in the real estate industry. Then we're going to talk a couple of minutes about mortgage because this is Mortgage Matters. And I've got to, you know, I've got to do my duty about talking about mortgages and see how uh, how John critiques me on that. I always look forward to that. Not, but I do. (laughs) You're listening to Mortgage Matters. Guy Rivera, your guy in the mortgage industry. I'll be right back. You are correct, sir. Hi, I'm Annette Jorgensen from American Riviera Bank. As a preferred SBA lender, small business lending is alive and well at American Riviera Bank. With local decisions, fast responses, and an understanding of the local, commercial, and residential real estate markets, we offer you free consulting services as you work to grow your small business. If you need a loan, bank on us. Call me and schedule your free business consultation today, 805-979-3846. When it's time to clean your carpets... You should know that some carpet cleaners can leave harmful toxins in your home or office. That's why Wallace Cleaning Company created the four-step cleaning process that uses state-of-the-art equipment and environmentally safe, non-toxic solutions to clean your carpets with your satisfaction guaranteed and your safety in mind. Since 1979, Wallace Cleaning Company has been the Santa Barbara area's premier choice for quick, quiet, efficient, and safe carpet cleaning that dries in two hours or less. When it's time to clean your carpets at home or office, it's time to call a name you can trust at a price you can afford. It's time to call 967-1860 to talk to the pros at Wallace Cleaning Company, where no job is too big or too small. Wallace Cleaning Company, 967-1860. Learn more about the affordable four-step cleaning process that cleans your carpets with your safety in mind. This is the place that talks about Santa Barbara. Santa Barbara's astronomical unit. Community Matters. Radio Real Estate. Money Talk. The Andy Caldwell Show. Santa Barbara T-Sports Radio Show. Golf Radio Show. Community Alert. Mortgage Matters. Welcome to the Voices. 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 Voices of Santa Barbara. The CEO Report. Bahar presents about a chicken. The Table Hour. Welcome to Around the World. The Jeremiah Show. History. Friday. The Art and Antiques Radio Show. Garden Gossip. Book and Fork Radio. Solutions News. Tell me your story. KZSB. AM 1290. Okay, we are back, and I was just having a very interesting conversation with Mr. Tyne, but I am going to just touch on a couple of uh, more things here as far as mortgage lending, because the show's about mortgages, uh, real estate involved. It's called Mortgage Matters, and it's my show, so I get to do whatever I want. Um, (laughs) The yield on the 10-year note. Like I've always been saying on this show is we gauge it. We gauge where the rates are going off of the 10-year note. It's a good, uh, you know, thumbnail, thumb. Uh, indicator. Yeah, indicator on where where rates are going. And you would agree with that, right, John? Oh, certainly. Okay, so the 10-year note elevated to 1.79. It broke 1.8. Like I said, three weeks ago it was 1.65. I locked in about $9 million worth of fundings. Uh, loans that have to fund in the next 45 days. We lock them in on 45 days. 
I know people are doing loans quicker than that, but they're not capturing our rates. I mean, I watch, I watch the market. I pull the other lenders. You know, you've got the big uh, Wall Street banks that are buying the market sometimes, but it'll take you 90 days to get that close. And people just, you know, and then 60 days to get a decline. I have taken over, I don't know, three or four loans that you know, have come back from those big Wall Street banks because 60 days into it, it was like, oh, I'm sorry, we can't do your loan. And that, I know that's happened to your clients as well, right? We, we usually have a couple of lines in the water, so. Sure. Um, let me see, unchanged. So, like I was saying, the 10-year is, um, is at 1.79, it broke 1.8. But here's the thing: this complacent sideways trains will be f- trading will be followed by a more pronounced move. Move either retest the resistance at two percent or move back to one point five. I I don't know where it's going, but I do know that if somebody invades someone else or China is off the table for tariffs, we're going to go the other way and see 1.5. That's my prediction. Or if Trump's doing the happy dance and those guys are doing the happy dance and they come to some sort of a trade deal, which I don't think they're going to as solid because I think that the you know Chinese are pretty smart. They're probably just going to wait and see um, what you know what the what happens to him is he going to have negative impact on his administration and whatnot see if they can deal with somebody else or um whatnot but if they think that he's in there for another four more years they'll run to a trade deal so who knows um that's you know that's what that's my prediction richard i'm pretty spot on with my predictions aren't i how many times I said that they would raise the rate X amount of times this year? They have. Don't want it. Th- I will say they won't raise them until next year. Um, but who knows? So let's get on with Mr. Tyne. Let me give you a little bit of background. He is the owner of uh, law offices of John Tyne the Third Civil Litigation Law Firm in town. He's the owner of Goodwin and Tyne Properties Local Real Estate Brokerage. His partner there is Kevin Goodwin. Super nice guy. You've known him forever. You guys grew up together. Tell me the uh, story we behind that. Together, we met here in Santa Barbara. Uh, we met shortly after I moved to town. I moved to town in 1999, as you and I were just talking. I lived right. right next door here, um, and uh, we were friends actually because I had started a single Catholics uh, group back then, and Kevin had joined, and there were quite a few members of the group, and we just became fast friends and. Uh, I had a real estate broker's license at the time, and he was a real estate investor at the time, and so I represented him on a few deals. And uh, over time, we just realized that we could do a lot of good for people in the real estate market in Santa Barbara. And over the course of the next three or four years, we planned and ultimately opened our own real estate brokerage, and that was in 2004. We launched Goodwin and Tyne Properties, and we just celebrated 15 years in business uh, it's a great partnership. Kevin is an amazing guy, and we work together incredibly well. That's great. And I remember when you guys opened, you know, because I was on State and Islay. I've been there for 20 years, and here you guys. The cool thing is you've stayed when everybody else around us has popped up and then and then gone away. I remember three other mortgage companies within that one block between you and I mm-hmm. that have popped up and then died. 
So that says something about us. Well, it's a great city, and you know we're very lucky to have loyal clients and new clients every day. So John also serves as CFO of One Eight O Five Inc., a nonprofit supporting our local police, fire, and sheriff. He is the former president of the University Club of Santa Barbara, which I'm a member and have been for 15 years. Uh, how long have you been a member there? Oh, gosh. I think I joined in 06, so about 13 years. Yeah, yeah. He's the former president of Leadership Santa Barbara County, and he's just all over the place. And there's just a bunch more. And, again, John, I know you're a busy guy. You know, sometimes it's hard to get you on the phone even when I have deals going with you because you are so darn busy. Uh, but you always call back and you always do what you're supposed to in that and thank you for being here because I know you're a busy guy. I'm glad to be with you. So, you know, I asked you on the show um, to talk about and get some clarification for and put into simple uh, terms, um, landlord-tenant law. <laughs> What's going on with that? I know that everybody's gotten bits and pieces. I know you and I are part of Santa Barbara Association of Realtors who has been active on that. But... Give us two minutes. We'll go to a break, but I want you to open it up and, and tell us what's going on. Well, there's been some recent developments this year. 2019 has seen three major uh, changes in landlord-tenant law in California, and really two of them are at the state level and one of them is at the local level. The Santa Barbara City Council has passed an ordinance that requires landlords to give tenants a one-year lease. Um, and that was done on September 1st of 2019. It took effect on September 1st of 2019. And there was a 90-day period during which landlords were able to approach existing tenants and offer them a one-year lease. We're going to talk a lot after the break about the specific details of that rule. And it, the thing that I think is most important in, both, in all three of these new laws is – what it doesn't cover, right? Who is exempt from the law. So we're going to spend some time talking about that. But generally speaking, the Santa Barbara City Council had gotten together a group of landlords and tenants. They came together. They made certain proposals to the council. Council sort of didn't follow those recommendations and instead came up with this new ordinance whereby landlords have to offer a minimum one-year lease to their tenants. So um, let me get this straight. We're going to go into a quick commercial break, but I'm going to leave them with this before we break. Let me get this straight. The city, our city council, asked somebody <laughs> for their two cents. They took their two cents and didn't spend it. They made it a nickel. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. Okay. Hold that thought, John. We're going to get into that. Uh, we're going to take another quick commercial break. We're talking with John Tyne of Goodwin and Tyne, John Tyne Law. You're listening to Guy Rivera, your guy in the mortgage industry. We'll be right back. During this time of record market highs and gradual economic recovery, it is essential to have a financial advisor you can trust. For 10 consecutive years, the Santa Barbara News Press Reader's Choice Poll has awarded Trembley Financial Services recognition for the financial guidance they provide their clients. Trembly Financial Services continues to design financial plans that are tailored to fit you. Trembly Financial Advisors continually educate their clients with new options in financial planning. For more information or an appointment, please call 569-1982 or log on to tremblyfinancial.com. 
Tremblay Financial is located on the corner of State and Lacumbra. Securities and advisory services offered through Centaurus Financial Incorporated, member FINRA and SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Trumpley Financial Services and Centaurus Financial Incorporated are not affiliated companies. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. No investment strategy can guarantee a profit or protect against a loss in periods of declining values. I'm Ed Giron. And I'm Maria Long. And we're inviting you to join us Mondays at 10 a.m. right here at AM 1290 for Community Matters. The weekly radio forum that gives Santa Barbara's nonprofit organizations the opportunity to share solutions to community challenges. So please join us Mondays at 10 a.m. and 8 p.m. and Sundays at 6 a.m. and 2 p.m. for Community Matters. On KZSB AM 1290, the Santa Barbara News Press Radio Station. This is the Santa Barbara County Reverse 911 system. Due to the community emergency, authorities are issuing a mandatory evacuation order for your area. Unlike landlines, cell phones are not automatically registered with the reverse 911 system. That means if you don't register, you won't get the call. To register your cell phone, go to awareandprepare.org. Okay, we are back. I'm Guy Rivera, your guy in the mortgage industry, speaking with John Tyne. And he was just getting into how um, our city council just didn't listen to who they asked some questions. I, I, I well, guess we can go that route. No, but, no, well, no, no. Let's no, go. Let's go the route of what they did do. Okay. Let's let's talk about the new law. Um, and it is Santa Barbara Municipal Code Section twenty six point forty point zero one zero. That, as I said, took effect on September 1st. And what it requires is for landlords, for new tenants, whenever a new tenant uh, is coming to them after September 1st of this year, they have to offer a one-year lease minimum. Now, the, the tenant doesn't have to take it. That's something that, that people don't always understand. The tenant can reject the, uh, the offer of a one-year lease, and they can do a month-to-month, or they can do six months, or something less than a year, but they have to make that rejection in writing. The landlord has to be able to point to that written objection, or rejection of it, of the offer. There's more that comes with that, though, right? There is. Just so, cause? Well, no, that's, that's uh, the California law, but the uh, thing that does uh, come is that existing tenants, as of September 1st, 2019, the landlords must, within 90 days, which brings us to December 1st, which is fast approaching, offer those tenants a one-year lease as well. Uh, and the same rule applies, that if the tenant rejects a one-year lease, so if you have a month-to-month tenant right now who doesn't want to be locked in for a year, then you have to get that rejection in writing. What's important about this local rule, though, and this new change is to understand what it does not apply to. Right. Because a lot of people called us after they read the newspaper articles about this law passing. They were very confused. We have landlords that have been in landlord tenant relationships for decades with their tenants and and they didn't know what to do. Right. And the law does not apply to single family homes, to condominiums, to short term rentals, of course, hotels, uh, any owner shared housing. So if you have an apartment where. Uh, you're renting a room that would not apply to that. Uh, any ADUs does not apply to uh, accessory dwelling units. Um, and it doesn't apply to any uh, housing authority properties or any hospitals or 
long-term care facilities, things of that nature. So really what, what that says by omission is it Wait applies to apartments. That doesn't apply to those. Right. So you were getting into duplex, four units, and apartment buildings is where we're segueing. That's right. Exactly. So those are pretty much the properties where we're seeing the, the, uh, the law take the most effect, right? Apartments and multifamily units. Uh, and the rule requires that the landlord offer a tenant a one-year lease. And if the landlord does not do so, then um, the tenant has the right to sue to enforce this rule, actually. No kidding. Yeah. <laughs> there is a catch, though, that you said earlier, and that is if a landlord decides not to renew the one-year lease at the end of its term, the tenant now has a right to go to the rental housing uh, task force, the Santa Barbara Rental Housing Mediation Task Force, uh, over that issue. And the landlord and the tenant will have to go down and talk about the reasons for non-renewal. So so that's one law that has been generating a lot of calls. So is that on, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, is that, um, that's on a local level. That's but local. Then, but then, you know, the, the just cause is on a state level, but yes. it kind of piggybacks onto this local for the just for the for the renewal of that year it does it definitely does and um, and so those are the two new laws that we've seen at the state level we have uh, the addition of two new sections of the California Civil Code and that is section 1946.2 and section 1947.12 those have both been added now to the Civil Code. And this law was passed on October 8th of 2019, signed by Governor Newsom. And in, in short, because I know we don't have enough time to go too deep into all of this, but in short, it's a rent control that is statewide. Mm-hmm. And it's a just cause eviction law that is now statewide. So both of those do take effect in Santa Barbara. And uh, the rules with regard to the just cause eviction essentially say there are two types of evictions that you can do now as a landlord in California if this law applies to you. One is a just cause eviction, which is, uh, means that you can evict a tenant if you have good cause. And that includes uh, the non-payment of rent, uh, breaching a material term in the lease, uh, maintaining, committing, or permitting a nuisance to occur on the property, which uh, does happen quite a bit, uh, committing waste to the property, um, or a lease terminated by its own term and uh, the landlord did not sign a new lease, that would be a just cause to evict the tenant. Uh, or a tenant who assigns their lease without permission from the landlord or sublets their property without permission. We see quite a bit of that. Sure. Uh, or even refusing access to the premises in a residential property or using the premises unlawfully for any means. Those are the, those are the just cause grounds upon which a landlord can evict a tenant. Um, there are also no-fault evictions that are allowed under certain circumstances now in California, which would include where the owner intends to occupy the property themselves or they intend for their spouse their domestic partner, their children, their grandchildren, their parents, or their grandparents to move into the property. And so we see a lot of that in other jurisdictions that have had these types of rules for a long time. How do they, how do they enforce that? You know, I mean, uh, do they send, I mean, I know occupancy would, um, requirements, occupancy spot checks 
for you know that would be a you know for lenders right you know they used to do it a lot they don't do it anymore i haven't seen or heard it you know knocking on the door saying are you so and so right remember that used to happen a lot sure um but how are they going to enforce an owner that says they're moving their brother into their home and throw this guy out. They, that the would way be... that we see those those issues come up is when the tenant is disgruntled by the notice of eviction and challenges the landlord's statement that mm-hmm. they that either them or a family member uh, intend to move into the property. And so they the the tenant would initiate some form of uh, a mediation or an arbitration or a litigation, depending on their specific lease, and it would come up there, right? The landlord would then provide whatever evidence the landlord has to show that this is a good faith intention, and the tenant would be able to challenge it. And if the judge or the arbitrator uh, decide that the landlord is not acting in good faith, then they might be prohibited from evicting that tenant. Sure, sure. Um, I, th- I, I. You- in your opinion, you think we're going to see a lot of that? You know, once or again, are they just going to take it and say, "Okay, I'm at." I mean, because if if you were a tenant and you know you were doing something wrong, you're not going to bring everybody anybody. But if you're a tenant that thinks that you have a great deal, you've done nothing wrong, and this guy thinks he can get more money for my place, he should have done it now, and that, and then that's how they would be disgruntled and then bring this to light. Yeah, we do see that quite a bit. Um, like with the local law, the key to this new legislation is what it does not cover, right? What it, what it does not apply to. And um, that, that includes, again, hotel guests and nonprofit hospitals, religious facilities, extended care units, residential care units, uh, dorms. It doesn't cover dorms, so you don't Section have, 8 income for single-family residents, is that still... That's actually a, a different law that just came out, too. <laughs> that, that actually has to do with not not being able to reject Section 8 housing if it's uh, the tenants otherwise um, objectively acceptable. But this new law does not apply to single-family owner-occupied units uh, if there are no more than two units in it being leased, so two bedrooms in a, in a large home, for example. Right. Uh, it doesn't apply, uh, or that includes ADUs and junior ADUs. Uh, it does not apply to duplexes if the owner occupies one of them as the owner's principal residence. But there's a catch on that. The owner has to have lived there as their principal residence at the time that they um, started the tenancy, and the owner has to still be there at the time to be exempt from this rule, this just cause eviction. Uh, it does not apply to new construction. Anything that got an occupancy permit within the past 15 years. Uh, And it does not apply to residential property that is alienable, separate from the title to any other dwelling. So that would be, again, most commonly we see single-family residences or duplexes. So these laws really take the most effect in apartment buildings, uh, uh, duplexes where the owner does not live, triplexes, fourplexes where the owner does not live. Those are really the properties that are, that are affected by this new just cause eviction at the state level. And you and I know a lot of those apartment owner, owners that have, you know, 40, 50, or 100, 500 doors mm-hmm. that are just, you know, uh, fortunately for them, they've got a great, uh, and, you know, you and I know a lot of those guys, uh, friends with both. Um, 
They've got good systems in place to say, okay, spit out these leases, give them their writing and notice, because they have some great management companies working for them. And um, if you need anybody out there that needs to get a little bit more detailed on this, a little bit more guidance, feel free to call John at John Tyne uh, Law. What's that number over there, John? Oh, Our law firm is 805-963-9958. And he'd be more than happy to take a couple of minutes with you um, and point you in the right direction. If you're an apartment complex owner, you probably already know John, and you probably have already called John. So we are going to take one more uh, quick commercial break. And then come back and wrap this up. There's one thing I want to touch on. Too. Yeah, back. and when we call, when we come back, there's two things I want to I want to touch on the ZIRs and how the city dropped those. Okay. Why? And the rent control. Okay. Okay. You're listening to Guy Rivera speaking with John Tyne, your guy in the mortgage industry. Be right back. Welcome to Mark Schneidman's Radio Real Estate. I'm here with talent on loan from the California Department of Real Estate. Live Monday mornings at 11, rebroadcast Monday evenings at 9, Tuesday at 5 a.m., and Saturday at 7 a.m. and 2 p.m., and streaming at newspress.com. Try to fit in some motoring with Mark. Fourth segment, of course, is the weekly multiple listing sales update. Oh, and also understanding your credit score. Stay tuned. I'll be back next time at this time for another edition of Mark Schneidman's Radio Real Estate. That's what I have to say. Thanks for listening and listening. Just remember, I can answer just about any question eventually. This is the place that talks about Santa Barbara. Aaron Ron Heron in the AM 1290 News Center. Ben Hayes in the AM 1290 News Center. Donnie Risden. I'm Joe Danley. Tom Totten. Chuck McPartland. Jerry Wilson. Ernestine Ignacio DeSoto. I'm Gerald Jackman. I'm Ed Jerome. I'm Maria Long. I'm Mark Schneidman. I'm Diane Duva. My name's Andy Caldwell. I'm Eric Assault. And I'm Scott Johnson. And I'm Ross Cope. I'm Mike Williams. I'm Ted Adams. I'm Guy Rivera. I'm Michael Self. I'm Steve Forcell. I'm Jim Williams. I'm Mark McIntyre. I'm Tom Widrow. I'm Eloy Ortega. I'm Rob Eganoff. I'm Earl Armstrong. I'm Neil Kreisel. I'm Martha Von Wiesenberger. I'm Martha Bolt. I am your host, Jeremiah. I'm Jim Trotter. I'm Peter Olmos. I'm Christina Foss. I'm Elizabeth Stewart. Hi, I'm Chris Cullen. I'm Lisa Cullen. And I'm Leanna Finley. I'm John Hennigan. I'm Ronaldo Brutico. I'm Mark Giles. John Martinet. I'm Richard Dugan. KZSB, AM 1290, the Santa Barbara News Press Radio Station. Hello, I'm Diane Duva. And I'm Neil Chrysell. And we're inviting you to join us Mondays at 2 p.m. right here at AM 1290 for Money Talk. The radio program that talks about finance, financial planning, and wealth management strategies. So please join us Mondays at 2 and 11 p.m., Tuesdays at 4 a.m., and Saturdays at 6 p.m. for Money Talk right here at KZSB AM 1290, the Santa Barbara News Press Radio Station. Okay, we are back, and we're going to jump right into it with John Tyne, rent control. John. So the new law on rent control is California Civil Code Section 1947.12. And, you know, California has long had a rule that you cannot increase rent by more than 10% in any given year anyway. This new rent control law actually uh, changes that to be the lower, I mean, the lower of 10% or... 5% plus the CPI. And right now that's, you know, the CPI is relatively low, very low. And so that puts us down closer to the 6-7% range. 
and once again, like with the just cause evictions, uh, this is a rule that applies primarily to apartment buildings, to multifamily units where the owner does not live there. So the exemptions include single-family residences and condominiums that are separately alienable from other properties and the dorms and the hospitals and all that stuff. So the rent control is 5% plus the uh, consumer price index increase uh, for that particular time right, right. For that year. So uh, so that's a big deal. That's a big deal. It really affects a lot of tenants. It's, a, it's called the Tenant Protection Act of 2019, uh, and there are just – tenants across the state of California that have just had a uh, rent control cap on their on their tenancies. And so uh, there's been a lot of debate on whether or not that's a good thing or a bad thing. Of course, right. a lot of tenants think that this is good for them. Uh, but a lot of people point to the fact that landlords, when, when they look at the economic impact on a rental, if it becomes less valuable to them, they'll invest less in that in that particular property. And then we see in rent control areas where properties tend to disintegrate, they tend to get um, worse um, condition because landlords aren't putting the money in. Well, you know what? In in some respect, yes. In others, uh, let's just say Manhattan, New York, certain mm-hmm. of those parts of New York have rent control, but those are very expensive buildings sure. and those are very high rents already. So, and and I've I've spent some time back. Oh, you've just spent some time back I there. I've spent time back there. We go back every year, a couple of times. And I tell you, there's constant construction. There's constant remodeling, upgrading on. It seems like every building, and then they leave those scaffoldings up. Yeah. Because that's like uh, in case something falls off the building or something, right? It's right. it's kind of strange, but so talking about buildings, you wanted to talk about the ZIR, the ZIR the zoning information report, and so. The zoning information report was uh, something that was required in all residential transactions for single-family homes here in Santa Barbara for a long, long time. And what we found was that when people were selling homes, they had to contact the zoning department, have an inspector come out and check for any zoning violations that might be at that particular property. And those zoning violations would range from, you know, shrubbery that's too high uh, all the way to you know bedrooms and bathrooms that had been added without permits or without permission. Uh, and what we had found for many decades was that property owners were getting mixed results here. They were having some inspectors come out and call out certain zoning uh, violations. And then they would uh, have other inspectors come out when they were selling the property and not call out those same inspections or vice versa. Right. That was where it really where it was a problem is that somebody purchased a property there was not a report of a zoning violation. They turned around and tried to sell that property within the next two to five years or so. And all of a sudden, there are all these zoning violations, and they had done nothing since they'd owned the property. And so a group of um, interested parties had gotten together and had petitioned the city council and asked them to do away with the point-of-sale zoning in, um, inspections uh, and maybe come up with a different system. And zoning so, Informational Report. Zoning Information Report, ZIR. Uh, and so um, the city council did listen to a lot of input from throughout the community, and they did ultimately decide not to require any more uh, zoning inspections at the time of the sale. So you do not have to procure a zoning information report. But 
What you do have to do is you have to provide the buyer with access to the street file. You have to advise them of where they can go to do their research to determine whether or not the construction that they're buying is consistent with the street file down at the the city um, um, records. Records, right. So I think this was a two-part process for the city to ultimately drop it and that uh, it was, first it, it was it was a long you know, time it was a I long mean. time and then um, first they said okay well you don't need you can just do a drive by right that's right and that then you the can step. and then yeah. the second step and then i know the association of realtors was filing a lawsuit against uh, the the city based on a um, Fourth Amendment. Yeah, well, that was I, I was part, I was on the board at that time, and there was some right. things that weren't properly done. So that went out the window, and then we started petition to get it on the ballot. Right during that time, Carpinteria dropped their ZIR. Right, and I think ultimately, you know, Steve, the city. I think that's his name, Steve, the city attorney, finally well, came. Kalan yeah. is now the city attorney. Okay, Steve well, Riley was, but okay. is. Well, he came to his senses and said, <laughs> you know, I think might be best to drop it. So I think, is that basically how it went? Um, yeah, essentially. And um, I think it's good. I think it's a, it's a good development. Um, yeah, it caused a lot of problems over an inch. You know, they were calling out things, a wall over an inch wide, too, you know, an inch too wide. You know, making people move walls and windows over an inch. Um, We're going to take a quick commercial break, but let me just ask you one point blank question here. We got a lot of great inspectors for the city, lots of them. Some of them are my friends, and, you know, um, we've done a lot of projects together personally. I. In your opinion, should those guys be, because I, I, I've asked one or two, they're not like licensed contractors, those inspectors. And well, I've always thought that they should be. It, the, it's a different thing altogether, right? They're not, they're, they're not the building inspector per se. They're not coming to inspect the building. Those, those gentlemen uh, or ladies should certainly have some um, um, knowledge with regard to construction, but a zoning information officer or zoning inspector really is looking at the zoning ordinance. They're looking at the construction that's on the property to determine whether or not it's consistent with the zoning ordinance. So I don't think that they would need to have uh, particular knowledge with regard to codes and things of that nature, other I, than the zoning ordinance. Right. So yes, that is what I was talking about. Not the ZRA guys, but the the, oh, the inspectors, inspectors, the building oh. inspectors that come, yeah. that come out and make everybody's life miserable. Well, not they really any. not any. I, you know, and plus they they also actually, protect us from you know. They also do protect us from faulty construction, right. bad choices. Yeah, there are a lot of bad contractors. Well, a lot of well. bad contractors. Okay, we're going to take one more final, final, final break. Richard's giving me that finger again. <laughs> we're talking to John Tyne, John Tyne Law. Good one in Tyne Real Estate. And you're also listening to Guy Rivera, your guy in the mortgage industry. We'll be right back. During this time of record market highs and gradual economic recovery, it is essential to have a financial advisor you can trust. For 10 consecutive years, the Santa Barbara News Press Reader's Choice Poll has awarded Trembley Financial Services recognition for the financial guidance they provide their clients. Trembley Financial Services continues to design financial plans that are tailored to fit you. 
Trembley Financial Advisors continually educate their clients with new options in financial planning. For more information or an appointment, please call 569-1982 or log on to tremblyfinancial.com. Trembley Financial is located on the corner of State and Lacumbra. Securities and advisory services offered through Centaurus Financial Incorporated, member FINRA and SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Trembley Financial Services and Centaurus Financial Incorporated are not affiliated companies. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. No investment strategy can guarantee a profit or protect against a loss in periods of declining values. Hi, I'm Annette Jorgensen from American Riviera Bank. As a preferred SBA lender, small business lending is alive and well at American Riviera Bank. With local decisions, fast responses, and an understanding of the local, commercial, and residential real estate markets, we offer you free consulting services as you work to grow your small business. If you need a loan, bank on us. Call me and schedule your free business consultation today, 805-979-3846. I am Dr. Patricia Bragg. Hi, this is Forester Manager Bill Pintard. Tom Reed here from the Unity Shop. It's wonderful to be partnering with Teen Sports Radio. Hi, I'm Pete Georgia, proud alum of Bishop Diego High School. Every single Tuesday at 9 a.m. Okay, we are back and we are going to wrap this up. John, uh, again, I want to thank you for being here. I know you're a busy guy and um, you got a lot going on. So is there something in closing here you want to you want to touch on? I know the rent control is, is, you know, is a lot more. There's a lot more to it. If anybody wants to give John Tyne a call and pick his brain, he's he's always accessible. Um, give that number again, John. Uh, our phone number at the law office is 805-963-9958. And then Goodwin and Tyne Properties, uh, local brokerage, we're 805-899-1100. They've got some great agents, great agents there. Uh, is Bourdain still managing your office He's for still you? still there. And, uh, yeah, just a really wonderful team. And it's a, it's a unique concept because everybody – works together on behalf of our clients always yeah so. and it's all hands on deck for yeah. those guys um i i bet you got to be uh sorry to, to lose Stu. he's living the good life super, now super nice guy yeah, yeah i love Stu. always have and he was always real good for uh referring buyers he's to, happy to our in firm. Arizona. yeah like yeah. yeah arizona's a great place very right. spiritual Nice cleansing if you like the desert. I love the desert, by the way. I spend a lot of time in Palm Springs in the summertime. Oh, wow. Yeah, because that's, you know, I like those and triple digits. do you vacation digits. on the sun as well? Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I love those that's triple hot. digits. Yeah, if it's 110, I'm, I'm right there. Yeah. You know, 115 is a little warm, but 110 I can deal with. Um, so, well, I guess in closing, just, you know, it's always best to understand new laws before you worry about how they impact you. And we got a lot of calls from people when they, they read stories in the newspaper about new laws and they're not talking with attorneys. And so they make presumptions and all that stuff. So it's always best, you know, to have somebody that you can call and just say, hey, listen, you know, I, I have some questions about this law. And the first thing you want to know is, does it apply to you? 
right? And so um, many, many people who had called us about this over the last several months, we were able to tell them, well, I, I understand your concerns, but good news, it doesn't apply to you. So you don't have to worry about the, uh, the changes. Sure. And um, again, John Tyne is one of those guys where you can pick up the phone and call him. You know, I refer a lot of clients to, to John, and, um, and he's always come through for my clients. I Like him, he doesn't take referrals lightly. He has to know the person. He's got to to be able to believe in that person and trust that person. Sure. Would you agree with that? Because, you know, it's taken me years to build that uh, where I, I think I'm your go-to guy with the mortgages. Yeah, we're but, a tight-knit community here yeah. in Santa Barbara. And, um, and it's great that you're right up the street from my office yeah. and you've stayed in the neighborhood. You've outdone, um, you know, the rest of them, and that's a great thing. Uh, so, John, thanks again for being here. Good really appreciate you, that. Um, and for those of you who are listening and tuning in, I want to thank you for that. Thank you to our sponsors, uh, American Riviera Bank, Tim Trembley. And remember, this show is rebroadcast Tuesday evenings, 10 p.m., Sundays at noon. I'll send you a copy of the, the show without the commercials. You can post it and all that good stuff. But thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. It's 3.30.